0: What's up Bridge Youth, how are we feeling tonight, you guys good? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you look fantastic. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second and say, you look like you went back to school this week. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. Um, Hey, maybe it's your first time here, maybe you've never been to our church or maybe you've never been to church in general. We just wanna say welcome. One of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. And so whether you're right here in the room or maybe you're watching online, we just wanna say an extra special welcome to you. We like welcoming our guests every week in a way that never gets old for us. We like to say we are here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you, we back you, we're so stoked that you chose to join us tonight. Hey, if you got a Bible, go over to, um, go to Matthew chapter 6, if you're super saved and you're really, really good at this, you can uh, mark your Bible at, at both John 15 and Matthew chapter 6, primarily we'll be in uh, Matthew 6, we're, kinda, we're gonna kind of jump around, do a lot of scripture tonight, but um, before we jump into the message, a couple things really quick, um, uh, number one Hey, if you're a graduated senior and maybe you're taking a gap year or maybe you're trying to figure out um, what's out ahead of you for life, uh, would love to just throw out to you, we do um, something called School of Ministry. Uh, Liv, wind it up, Liv, uh, who was one of our service hosts is doing it, um, keyboard man, uh, her brother, also going to School of Ministry, a handful of other people who are on our team, a keyboard man. <laughs> Keyboard man's doing it um, handful of uh, uh, other people right here in this room are are doing school of ministry it's a great way to discover what God has has for your life also if you feel called to ministry in any way shape or form um, it's a great way to help get you moving in that. Directions. So, if you're interested at all, you can hit that QR code. It'll take you to an info page. Also, we would just love to um, we'd love to get you coffee, buy you lunch, just chat about it. If it's not for you and you come and you chat with us and you're like, no way, no how. Trust me, we're not salesmen. We're not going to be over. We don't make commission off of people come to school and ministry or anything like that. Um, so, if it doesn't work for you, no problem. But just want to throw out an option for you. Um, for something that God might be calling you to. Also, uh, there's a handful of you that we've talked to about school ministry. You're like, yep, I'm coming. Cool. Do us a favor. Hit the QR code and go fill out your application. Um, so go fill out your application, everything like that. We've sent a handful of you the link for that and everything. Even if you are just interested and you're like, ah, I'm actually very interested, more so than just talking about it, then go go fill out an application and we will go from there. One more thing. The last Wednesday of this month, August 31st. August 31st. Somebody say 3 1. August 31st, we will be doing a back-to-school party. want to give you guys a couple of weeks to get settled into school, get into the rhythm. And then we're going to just throw a party. We're going to have fun. We're going to hang out. We're going to make some memories together. We'll conclude our series, Proximity, with a very, very, very short message. And that night, we'll have some giveaways. We'll have some games. We'll probably have some dancing. We'll have some fun. It'll be really, really fun. Um, I'm just thinking this right now, and I don't even know if it's possible. It would be so cool to do elotes. Does anybody have, like, anybody they know who, like... I don't know. I just had a lothay's the other day, and I haven't had it for a while, and that would just be super good. It's like, dude, does anybody not know what that is? Huh? Well, curious. Uh, so, that's the it's the corn with the like the mayonnaise and the cheese and the chili pepper and the all of that. Don't get excited. I was literally. This is just Corey thinking out loud because I'm hungry and that sounds really, really good. But the last Wednesday of this month, we are going to be doing a party. So invite your friends. Come hang out. Mark your calendars. You don't want to miss it. All right. Um, Matthew chapter six. We're continuing in our series entitled Proximity. Somebody say Proximity. We're continuing this series entitled Proximity. What is proximity? Well, the definition of proximity is nearness in space, time, or relationship. Nearness in space, time, or relationship. When we have nearness with so many things in life, but there's no um, nearness more important in life than nearness with God. And so last week, kicking off this series, week number one, we talked about why. Why would, why would I want to be close to God. So if you didn't see that message, jump to our YouTube uh, channel, go watch that message. But tonight we are going to begin the conversation around how. How do I gain and maintain proximity with God? So if you're taking notes, here's your big question for tonight How do I get slash stay close to God? How do I get and stay close to God? And tonight I want to talk about rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. All right, everybody shout rhythm. I want to talk about rhythm tonight and, and how important rhythm is and what rhythm is and why I really, really do think that rhythm is such a key to our proximity with God. See, when God created the universe, when he created the heavens and the earth, he did it with this sort of sense of Rhythm. Go back to Genesis and read the creation account. And there's this, God, he he created this and that. There was evening and then there was morning, day one. And God created this and that. And then there was evening and then there was morning. And that's kind of weird. We don't really know why scripture records it. Evening, then morning, and then day two. And then God created a bunch of stuff. And then evening and morning and day three. And there was such a rhythm, even about creation. And you can really begin to just sense at the very forefront of Scripture that God is this sort of rhythmic God. And I feel in so many ways the secret sauce to maintaining proximity to God is found in a sort of developing of rhythm in your relationship with God. So here's your sermon in a sentence. If you've never heard me preach, I really like boiling my whole sermon down to one sentence. So here's your sermon in a sentence. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you get nothing else out of tonight, walk away with this. Every day, do something that will lead you closer to God. Somebody say amen. Every day. Somebody say every day. Every single day, do something that gets you closer to God. Not once a week, not twice a month, not once in a while. Every single day, do something that will bring you closer to God. Okay, so we're going to be in primarily in Matthew chapter 6 but we're gonna, um, for this whole series, which is found in John 15. So would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We're going to read one verse in John 15, and then we're going to read verse 7 to 13 in Matthew chapter 6. So I typically read out of the New Living Translation, and I'll, I'll read that in John 15. But then I'm going to kick it old school, and I'm going to go to New King James Version. It might say New King James Version, but if you know anything about Bible translations, you know that's an that's a older version version of scripture. So that's why I just have my iPad and not my, um, not my paper Bible tonight. But John chapter 15, verse number four, here's what it says. And you can almost even catch some rhythm in this verse as Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Now, Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 7, New King James, it says this. And when you, look at your neighbor, say you. And when you pray. Notice it says when and not if, but it says when you pray. And a little bit of backstory, just really quickly about this verse. This is basically a portion where the followers, the disciples of Jesus went to him and was like, hey, um, like how should we pray? And he's like, okay. So when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. As the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. And here comes a very, very famous verse known as the Lord's Prayer, which says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That hallowed be your name basically means, God, you are so awesome. You are so amazing. You're so phenomenal. Your name is worth recognizing as so incredibly great and holy. They said, hallowed be your name. And then Jesus goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, somebody say this day, our daily, somebody say daily. daily. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to us. God, I pray that tonight that each and every one of us would have something in us, God, that starting tonight, from here on, moving forward, God, that we would begin to develop a rhythm to our relationship with you. I also pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you would prep, help, and prepare your team as we get ready in September 11th to go up against the second worst team in all of the NFL and help your team, the Las Vegas Raiders, to conquer over those Satanists known as the Chargers. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. Yeah. Grab a seat. Yeah. Is that too far? too much <laughs> somebody is uh, some kid was like wait but my family's chargers fans we're not satanists are we <laughs> uh have you ever um have you ever seen something and like immediately immediately you're like oh this is so out of place like have you ever has has you have you ever had a friend like wear something somewhere and you're like you are gonna stick out like a sore thumb like, you ever have somebody say something in a moment, and there's kind of this 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 sort of um, saying nowadays where you'd be like, that was out of pocket. Like, AK, that doesn't belong. You're sticking out. Why would you say that? I'm, have you ever had a friend do something where you're like, I'm kind of embarrassed to know you? <laughs> I won't name any names. This isn't the story I planned to name. But Monday night, we were playing some basketball, and a friend of ours got very, very upset um, for losing this game, and he ripped his headband, and Noah Southall goes, bro, like, since we're here, like, we were playing at a a local church with a bunch of our pastor friends, and he was like, since we're here, and it's just us, man, like, I'm gonna let it slide, but Noah was like, if I was at LA Fit with you, I would have to pretend I don't know you, bro, like, you ever have someone do something so out of place? I had a student a while ago, we were, we were up at summer camp, and and uh, this student, our, our, a friend of mine was preaching, and the student sitting next to me, very young guy. I think he was in eighth grade at the time. And he leans over to me, and he goes, hey, Corey. I was like, Yeah, what's up? He goes, bro, this preacher is so good. I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. He's killer. He's awesome. He's like, yeah, man. It's like, Corey, I really want to, like, do that thing, you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, like, you know when, like, a preacher is preaching and then people, like, say stuff? I'm like, oh yeah, like people will be like, amen. He's like, yeah. Like, or they'll say, like, oh, that's good. And he's like, yeah. Like sometimes they'll just be like, preach. And he's like, yeah, dude. I want like something like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, go for it. You ever have someone ask you how to do something that like you there shouldn't be an explanation for how to do it? She's like, just do it. It's like, hey, how do you breathe, man? Like, come on, stop. (laughs) And like, yeah, just go for it. He's like, no, man, here's the thing never done it before. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? He's like, but I want to. Give me some tips and tricks. How do I do this? And I was like, all right, here's the kind of golden rule for when you're in the audience and somebody's preaching and you want to help what you know, kind of Southern Baptist, old school churchgoers would call shouting down the preacher. That's what they call it. They call it shouting down the preacher. I was like, your biggest goal is to, in hyping the preacher, your biggest goal is to, to add to, don't take away. You want to add to, you, you want to not take away, right? And so you kind of want to feel the rhythm of his preaching, and when it gets to a part where you hear something that you like, just, don't just do it mindlessly, i not just be like, oh, and then my grandma died. Amen. It's like, no, don't do that. Like, <laughs> pay attention to what he's saying or you're going to be very out of pocket and out of place. And so, so I was like, so wait for a part where you hear something that you like and it's good, it's hopefully biblically sound and theologically correct and doctrinally accurate. And then when he pauses, just hit him with like, amen. He's like, okay. It's like, well, that, you know, whatever case might be he's like, okay, cool. So he's sitting next to me, and he's like, give me some feedback. I was like, God. What, am I going to, like, Yelp review your shout-downs? And so my, my buddy's preaching. We're at summer camp. We're up at Pinecrest. And he says something. And, and, and it is the junior high dude's like, amen. And he looks right, to, right at me. I'm like. He goes on preaching, says something he likes. He's all, that's good. He looks at me. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're killing it. Out of nowhere, for no reason, preacher doesn't even say anything good, this guy just feeling himself shouting down the preacher decides to just hit the whole audience in a silent moment with, ah <laughs> First off, he's a really goofy eighth grade white boy who's like the poster child for introverted awkward church kid, Okay and he hits the whole room i'm talking all 650 students at pinecrest with ah, shoddy. and he looks at me and i go no, no. you ever you ever see witness or are a part of something that's just so out of place now if you're one if you're like new to church and you're like i didn't know i thought this was monologue not dialogue Basically it is, but you are more than welcome to shout down the preacher. You can say, amen. You can say, that's good. You can say, come on. I guess you can say, ah, shawty. You choose your favorite one on three. Shout it out for practice. One, two, three. I like the, I like the OGs that no preacher White Boy is one of my favorites. But there's nothing more out of place like being out of rhythm. Can we get Laura to, to come up and hop on the drums? about for Laura the one and only. Have you ever been have you ever been in church or at a concert and like everybody there's there's this unanimous thing where um friends don't allow friends to clap on the one and three. You got to clap on the two and four. And if you're not a drummer you don't know what I'm talking about, but Laura you just just said about Can you lay down four on the floor for us? Yep. So this would be what's called four on the floor. Two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, okay. Yeah, there you go. Somebody, some people are clapping all fours. That's acceptable. What's preferred, nine times out of ten is one, two, three, four. One, two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and you see... You hear those ones out of rhythm. How bad does that stick out of place? And you're like, this is not g-. See, there's Laura helping us with the two and the four. Now, okay, here's your challenge. Two, three, four, switch to the one and three. Right here. One. How weird does that feel? You're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Okay. All right, you can stop clapping. We might do a little bit more. You keep going, Laura. Here's the thing is that. A relationship with God is like falling into a rhythm. I don't know if this is on yet, guys. It's on. Okay. So falling into rhythm with God is something like, it's not a religious thing where everybody does the same thing. It's about creating kind of your own rhythm to match the heartbeat of God, which will be kind of our two points tonight. But everybody might do something a little bit different. Okay. You saved now? So on two and four, not on one and three. One, two, three, and four, and. That's how I hear things, um, When I'm, like, in a really chill mood, but you can also, like, just on the same rhythm, not speeding it up, hit, like, every single snare beat that you can there. It's like. And it feels very Latin. It feels very, like, I want to move my hips. Like, you know, new Drake. Not like old Drake that's, like, I love. (laughs) I want to, like, fight people and be a gangster. And now it's, like, I want to dance salsa, you know. But. The thing is, if I were to put these drumsticks in anybody else's hands, they might not play. They might play something else. So now here's the question where I ask, does anybody play drums? Yeah? Come here. Yeah, come on. All right. Your only job is to stay in rhythm with that. So I'm going to show you. Here's your kick drum, there's your snare. So do whatever you want, just stay within that. One, two, three, four. Mm. <laughs> hey, I like that. Hey, give it up for my man. Hey, okay, who else plays drums? Somebody else raise your hand. Who else? You play drums? Come on up, girl. Come here. It's one of my favorite things in the world. All right. Are you wearing a Demon Slayer shirt? Points for that. Here's Here's your snare, there's your kick. There's your snare, there's your kick, all right? There's this one, here's this one. All right, one, two, three, four. One, two, three and four. One, two, three and four. One, two. Bring it up here. There you go. Yeah, hit that. Don't be afraid to hit it. There we go. Okay. She locks in with the kick jump. Hey, give it up for our girl. I just want to go back to that every time. All right, one more person. Who else plays jumps? Do you play jumps? Come here, girl. Come on. Do you? You had an entire section point at you, and then you go, no, 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 you're not gonna have a whole section point at you, and then you not. Oh, Laura's your drum teacher? That's so cool. Okay, here's your kick. Here's your snare. Okay, there's your kick. You can't, don't. That yeah, that's probably the best snare. So kick, snare, kick, snare. All right, ready? Alright, section, hype up your girl, come on. One, two, three, four. She listens to heavy music, you could tell. Hey, give it up for our girl. Let's go. Alright, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a test with the crowd, okay? I'm just going to keep hitting that. Okay. Um, all right, this whole section, you're going to clap on the on the two and the four, right? This section. Okay, cool. This whole section, let's see, what do we want to do over here? I'm literally making this up on the spot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, don't mess it up, people. There you go, yeah. All right, this section, you're not gonna use your hands. We're gonna use our voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna sing. You're not gonna sing. So there's one, two, three, four. One, two. After that, just go, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm going to tell Laura to stop, but you don't stop, all right? One, two, three, stop. Hey, give it up for yourselves. That was so fun. Oh, god. Hey, can we give it up for Laura? What would you... This, is, this has nothing to do with the message, but what would you do if, uh, if I just went, I love you guys so much, the amount of people who wouldn't have known that. All right, there's two things I want to point out about all that you just saw, pulled both from this illustration of rhythm and from our scripture in Matthew chapter 6 tonight. The first is this. Write this down if you're taking notes. Create a rhythm to fall into. Create a rhythm to fall into. Let me ask you this. What's your daily routine? What's What's the daily rhythm of your life look like you wake up in the morning what do you do you move forward a few hours what are you doing around 10 a.m. what are you doing around midday what are you doing right after school what do you do in the evening what is your daily routine look like? Now, I know summer looks different. You guys just went back to school. You're so excited about it. And so you're kind of getting into more of a, a regular routine. But, but by and large, what does your daily routine look like? I love that in Matthew chapter 6, one of the ways in which Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he says, so when you pray, not if, but when you pray, one of the ways in which you are called to pray is like this. In verse 11, he says, give us this day, somebody say day, Day. our daily, someone say daily, give us this day our daily bread. Day and daily speaks of a sense of rhythm. And it's this rhythm that God really instituted at the beginning of creation. Here's what I love about this. When I say create a rhythm and fall into it, this is not at all about religion, This isn't at all about you just copying and mimicking what everybody else does. We are not a faith that falls into religion rhythms. We are a faith that falls into a rhythm of relationship with God. This is why your rhythm will look different than the person to your left that you're going to look at really awkwardly right now. It will look so different... Then the person on your right, your left, your rhythm will look different than my rhythm. And what it is that you need to do is you need to create somebody say, create. You need to create a rhythm to fall into. It's not at all about being religious. See, this is why in, in Matthew 6, verse 7, it says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Don't use these mindless repetitions. What he was saying is there were religious people in this day that all they did, they scripted out this prayer. And what they thought got them close to God was everybody at the same time, in the same way, wearing the same clothes, in the same manner, facing the same direction, all said the same exact prayer in the same way. And Jesus is like, do not be like those people who just mindlessly mumble and babble these words that mean nothing. Instead, I want to have a real relationship with you. And so what you need to do is you need to find your rhythm. You need to create your rhythm. And your rhythm will be unique to you because you are unique, which most of the time is a really nice way of saying weird. Look at your neighbor say, you're weird. You're weird for that. I'm very weird. I'm weird. I remember, like when I first got when I first got here to the church, there were a couple of the boys who, um, after a few months of knowing me, they're like, you know, Corey, never would we have guessed that you and I'm waiting for some huge compliment. We're like, like, we never would have guessed that you are such a nerd. Like you're so nerdy. Like you love dorky, nerdy things. I'm like, thank they're like, no, like, it's just that, like, we wouldn't guess that, like, like because I, okay, like, like, maybe I don't come off of as, as the guy who's, you know, watched every single season of Demon Slayer and who, <laughs> I may not come off as the guy who was like, I saw this dude at Wingstop the other day and he was wearing an Inuyasha shirt, which, if you know Inuyasha, is this old anime that's so good, and I was like, I need to tell this guy how I love his shirt, and that's my second favorite anime, and he walks by and I was like, I like your Inu Yasha shirt, man. And he doesn't even look in my direction. <laughs> you, ever have, you ever have someone wave at you and you're like, but they're waving at the person behind you. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go set myself on fire. <laughs> you know? So I, I'm like, hey, I, I'm like, my voice cracks. I'm like, hey, <clears throat> hey, I like your Inu Yasha shirt. Doesn't even look in my direction. So I'm like. I'm gonna pretend that I need to refill my soda because he's sitting by the soda machine and I feel the need, I'm so nerdy, I feel the need to tell him how much. Like I, I when I was a kid, all I wanted to watch was skate movies, skate videos, because I grew up skateboarding, and Star Wars. And because I couldn't always have all access passed to our TV, I asked my mom and dad to get me a, you guys won't know what this is, but a VHS and TV combo. We used to have these things that was like a, a TV like this big, and the VCR was built into the, and I had that, and it was literally sitting on like a box next to my bed so I could watch Star Wars whenever I wanted. Somebody, somebody look right at this pastor and say, dude, you're weird. <laughs> I know, you don't have to tell me, I live with me. <laughs> but here's the reason why like, that's important, because you are you, and you're really good at being you, but you suck at being anybody else. So stop trying to be somebody else, and furthermore, stop trying to fall into a rhythm that doesn't make sense for you. This is what I love about our faith. This is what I love about, about a relationship with God. Is It has everything to do with you having this incredible, intimate, tailor-made relationship with God. That your relationship will, with him will look totally different than how mine looks. That's because this has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with relationship. So here's, here's some of the uh, reasons why this is important. Me, I am, okay, let's, let's just like completely divide the room right now, okay? Pull out your phone. Open up your clock and go to alarms. Who are you? Because here's me. I'm a steady, I'm a steady 12 alarm guy, my dude. I'm a steady 12 alarm type of guy. Okay, where's the 10 plus alarm people in this place? In the house of God, you need at least 10. Okay, where's the five, five to 10? You need five to 10. Okay, cool. Where are the psychopathic people who only use one alarm? Where are you? What's wrong with you? Dude, I'm not kidding. I envy you, bro. Lila, one alarm? You you don't, you just wake up? Like, just you just go to bed and trust that you're going to wake up in time? Bro, your mom waking you up doesn't count. (laughs) Okay, so like, here's why it takes me 12 alarms to wake up. We're going to divide the room again. Where's the people that can sleep anywhere, anytime? Now, where are my people that you'll be dead tired and lay in bed for two hours not being able to fall asleep? See, that's me. And you want to know one of the best rhythms of my life, one of the greatest moments that I have with God is when I'm laying in bed, Amber's been asleep for 47 hours already, and there's nobody calling me, there's nobody texting me because it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And often I keep my journal close to my bedside because if God wants to begin to speak, I'll be able to grab my journal and just have moments with God because that's how I am. That's how I'm built. You know You know when I do not, somebody say not. You know when I do not do my devotions and my my personal time with the Lord? I do not do it in the first thing in the morning. Bro, I am not, I am barely saved first thing in the morning. Now here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I really like the idea of being a morning person. Like it seems, bro, you don't know how much like, I would love to be that person that, like, wakes up at, like, 5 a.m., I get up, I get a workout in, I go shower up, make a cup of coffee, grab my Bible, like, sit in a spot at my house, crack open my Bible, and then I do my devos for an hour, and then after that I go do my hair, brush my teeth, freshen up, and then head off to, to the office, come here to work. Dude, that sounds so sick. It ain't going to happen, bro. It's not happening. I'm telling you now. Like, my wife is like, I babe, I love going to breakfast. It's my favorite. Bro, I've taken her to breakfast like four times in the 13 years we've been married. All right? I'm not a morning person. So you want to know, like, the dumbest rhythm for me to try to get into? The dumbest thing in, in the way in which I'm built is, well, God, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. And that's when we're going to have our time together. Bro, I'll be sleeping on the Lord. (laughs) Like, I'll be falling asleep on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll be like the disciples in the garden when Jesus comes in. It's like, you couldn't stay up for an hour, not even one hour. Like, it's not me. And maybe that's you. And if it is, that's so awesome. All that I'm saying is you need to find your rhythm. You need to find your rhythm. You don't need to try to live somebody else's rhythm. It's not going to work. You notice how every single person that we brought up here to do a different rhythm that fell in time with Laura's kick drum, everybody played something different. And some of that had to do with musical, um, uh, musical influences and the type of music that they like. Some of it had to do with the level of experience they have on a drum set. But everybody played something a little different. We even put the room into three different spaces and, and had all of you do something a little bit different. But... All of our rhythms came, and there was a part of me that was like, I'm going to tell everybody in the room to try to do their own little thing to match in the rhythm. And I was like, that is, that's not going to work. There's like 50% of the people in here who have rhythm and the others don't. But, but let me give you just a couple things that will help you in your rhythm. Because there's some things that we all will do. They're, they're kind of the, um, um, they're sort of staples of the faith. But how you do them, where you do them, when, that is all up to how you, cre- the rhythm that you create. And so this, trust me, this is not a comprehensive study on all things to gain and maintain proximity with God. Just a few things. Number one, write, write this down if you're taking notes under creating a rhythm to fall into. Um, you need personal and intimate time with God. You need personal and intimate time with God. All the ladies in the room say, hey. Well, one time when I was in the eighth grade, I had, I had a girlfriend in the eighth grade. It wasn't Amber. Don't tell her. Um, and this girl, she, she came to me one time because I never hung out with her. I never really saw her. I would see her at lunch and hold her hand, and that was basically it. And Amber was trying to figure out who this is so she could go kill this girl, right? Um, <laughs> and so so uh, after like a couple weeks of dating, holding hands at lunch, um, she came to me and she's like, Corey, um, here's the thing. You spend all of your time skateboarding, and you never spend any time with me, and that's a problem. And I said, well, it sure is. We need to break up. <laughs> Girls, you see how you feel right there? Well, it's like, because here's the thing. Like, imagine if if when I got married to Amber 13 years ago, 13, what's, what's the date today? 13 years and 17 days ago, if I If I married Amber and on the day that we got married, I was like, hey, just so you know, this is the last moment I'll be spending time with you. I'm not going to tell you I love you. We're not going on dates. We're not going on vacations. We're never going to do anything romantic. We're not going to have no personal time. None of it. I'll never take you to Olive Garden to get a munch on those breadsticks. Never. Her favorite is actually Old Spaghetti Factory. Her favorite is Old Spaghetti Factory, man. She loves it. And it's so good. It's so good. Um. Dude, I just had the chicky, chicky parm parm from Spaghetti Factory. It was so good. That's chicken parmesan in Corey's language. But imagine I did that. Ladies, how well is that going to fly with my wife? Never are we hanging out. I'm not taking you out on dates. How well is that going to fly? Right? Hey, I told you I loved you the day that I got married to you. I ain't telling you again. How well is that going to fly? Right? Like, hey, hey. Stop trying to ask me about my life and my day. I'm not trying to talk to you. How well is that going to fly with her, ladies? But yet we think that we can maintain a close relationship with God with those type of principles. It's just not going to work. You need personal and intimate time with God. Matthew 6, 6, it says, but when you pray... Go away by yourself. See, uh, going away by yourself with the Lord is, is a picture of intimacy. You don't only get to meet with God here. You don't have to be at, God doesn't live at church. He wants moments where it's just you and him. It goes on and it says, and shut the door behind you. A.k.a. get in a private space and place where you don't have the, the distractions of other people and the world around you. And pray to your Father in private. Can I give you a little bit of, um, those of you who maybe you're new to prayer, maybe you, um, you're you like, you know what, Corey, like, I, I try to have those moments. But, you know, uh, if you're like me, you have ADHD and you can't seem to pay attention for long periods of time, um, you probably love my preaching. Uh, <laughs> ah, shoddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, then let me just give you, like, uh, if you're like me and, like, when you first started praying, you're like, I pray for, like, I don't know, 47 seconds and I have nothing else to pray about. Like, I just get sidetracked. Can I give you a little bit of a tool to just help you in developing um, your prayer life? Here's what it is. Write down the word pray, but write it down like P, and then if you're, if you're taking notes on your phone, hit, um, hit hit the enter button and then R-A-Y. If you're taking notes, put it on four different lines. P-R-A-Y. And this uh, method, you can really lay it out and find it in the sinner's prayer. P, Praise. It says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's just praise. See, praise is telling God how amazing he is. I encourage you, when you start, when you start uh, developing your prayer life, start kicking off the first 30 seconds, minute, two minutes of your prayer time by just saying, God, you are so awesome. You're so good. And begin to tell God about all the ways in which you love God. You're faithful. God, you never leave me. You never forsake me. You're my heavenly Father. You're my perfect heavenly Father, and just tell him how awesome he is. It's called praise, and then when you move on to R, write down the word repent. This is where in the sinner in the uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer, where it gets to the part where it says, "God, like, f- would you forgive us our debts as we forgive others?" This is God. I recognize that I've sinned, and how many know like. Uh, you're like, oh, I don't know if I have anything to repent for. Okay, you're super religious and you fall under the category of Pharisees, okay? But for the rest of us who mess up like, I don't know, 47 times a day, like we always have something to repent for, right? God, I, uh, that person cut me off and then they took my parking spot. I had my blinker on and they still parked in my spot. Amber's like... I told him extra cream in my shaken espresso, and this is a standard amount of cream. <laughs> Amber will only tell me stop when I'm when it's like when it's legitimate. Like if it's something like totally totally wild and crazy, she's never done that. She'll be like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. But you know, like when I'm when it's kind of serious, when she goes stop, Corey, because I'm. Be- <laughs> this is not extra cream. This is a standard amount of cream, <laughs> and I know how I wanted my coffee. And this ain't it. <laughs> and when we get to these moments of repentance, it's not always like, God, there's this huge sin. It's, God, I'm just kind of fallen out of rhythm with you a little bit. And I want to get back into rhythm with you. Repentance isn't just, I'm so sorry. Repentance is literally walking in one direction, turning around, and choosing to walk in the other direction. Right, the A stands for ask. This, this part is what makes up 99% of of Christians' uh, prayer life. 99% of Christians, their prayer life, 99% looks like this. God, can I have? God, can you give me? God, will you do this for me? God, will you do that for me? God, will you come and do this? God, would you bless me with that? God, would you prosper me in this way? God, would you give me that? Okay, God, I've asked you for all these things. So now... I'm gonna ask you for my aunt. My aunt needs this, and would you give her that? Would you get, And then my uncle, and the, oh, also I forgot my cousin. He needs tuition for college, so would you provide for, for that? Oh, my, I almost forgot that my my brother. He's his grades are really bad. God, would you just give him good grades? Like, and we like this is most Christians' prayer life, where all it is that we know to do is to ask God for things, and then to like thank Him for our food before we eat. But there's so much more to a relationship with God. But this is a part. There's, there's scriptures that's like, hey, like, your father wants you to ask him for things. You have not because you ask not. And in so many ways, that's a biblical principle. So your needs, God wants you to ask him. He just doesn't want it to be the totality of your prayer life. And then number four, why? Write down the word yield. How many people in the room, you have your permit or your license? How many people in the room, you drove here tonight? I will be buckling up extra tight tonight. Juju, did you drive here? I will be buckling up extra tight on the way home tonight. <laughs> um, so then hopefully you know uh, when you see that yellow sign, that's, it's not a stop sign. Stop signs aren't red. But the yellow sign that says yield You know what that means, right? To yield is to, I don't have to come to a full stop if I don't need to, but what I have to do is I have to yield to you. Like, this car is coming, and I have to stop, pause, wait. That car that you have to yield to could stop dead in the middle of the road, and you have to wait on them. Because if you, the one with the yield sign, were to hit them, you're at fault, and you're paying for their new car. See, this is what it looks. This is what it should look like at the end of our intimate, personal time with the Lord. Where it's like, God, I praise you. You're awesome, you're amazing. God, I repent because I recognize that I'm a sinner, that you don't need me, but I need you. I'm drowning in my sin. Would you be the lifeguard that saves me? But you, would you also be the Lord of my life that directs me? And God, I also have these needs. And I know that you are the heavenly father that loves to shower their kids with good gifts. And now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna shut my mouth I'm going to yield and I'm going to wait. And now would you talk to me, God? Can I tell you, this is the number one um, most missed part of people's prayer life. Is to just sit. To be quiet. To begin to learn to silence your mind in a world that's so loud. To quiet your heart and your thoughts. And to say, God, would you speak to me? Right, another way that, that we can develop a... a a rhythm with God is to study His Word. I do this oftentimes through devotionals. Sometimes I'll do it through podcasts. Sometimes I do it through just daily reading. But I love this in Joshua chapter one, verse seven to eight. Um, really, really, really quick. Moses he he leads the people out of out of Egypt from slavery. They're in slavery for about four hundred years, and he leads them out of uh, slavery. They're they're in the um, they're in the desert for forty years getting ready to head to the promised land, but because of some disobedience, that generation doesn't get to go into the promised land. Moses dies, Joshua is now appointed by God to be the next leader that's gonna take all of these millions of Israelites into the promised land. And here is what God tells him first day on the job. He says, Joshua chapter one, verse seven and eight. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either right or left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Now, check this out. Verse number 8. Study this book of instruction continually. Then it says meditate. Somebody say meditate. See, you thought meditate is what, like, the weirdo people who believe that the time of year that you were born determines your day and your personality. That's so Virgo of you. Oh, you Capricorn, you. You. And she's like, oh, she's like, you Gemini, you, oh, you breathe air, that's so Gemini of you. It's like, sorry, but like the stars and the time of year that you were born has nothing to do with who you are. God created you and has instilled in you plans and purposes and a personality and giftings and talents. All of that's up to God. Don't worry about reading some horoscope and being like, oh, well, Better be looking out for the love of my life today because apparently Capricorns are gonna be able to see things. I'm like, okay, awesome. It says meditate. See, you thought meditate was those people and like the weirdos who do yoga. Yoga is actually really tough. Um, gosh, no way. You thought like the oh, that's what it's. No, no, they hijacked meditation from the Bible. And here's what God tells uh, Joshua. He says meditate on it day and night. You hear the rhythm of it day and night, day and night, day and night. If you know that song, you need to get saved. (laughs) So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Now listen to this. If you do that, Joshua, if you meditate on this word day and night, you get it in your heart. You study it. You follow it continually. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Can I tell you, there's never been a time more important to know God's word than right now. It is so important that you know God's word for yourself. In fact, can I go as far as to say, do not trust me. What? Don't trust me. Everything that I say, do me a favor, scrutinize it, compare it, and critique it all next to God's word. And if I ever say something that's out of line with God's word, as believers in the body, you have full permission to come, talk with me, and say, Corey, I don't see how that lines up with God's word. Can you maybe explain it to me? Because if it doesn't, then we might need to have a little bit of a, ooh, let's take some steps back and make sure that everything that's said from this platform is honoring to God and accurate according to his word. Don't even trust me. Check everything I say in God's word. Now, here's the thing. I'm not up here trying to deceive you. I'm just giving you God's word and God's truth in the way in which he's designed me to deliver it. But there's a lot of people out there who are trying to deceive you. And what the last thing that they want, the last thing they want is for you to have proximity with God. And so when you don't know his word and they say, oh, well, you should do this or you should believe this or you should embrace this. And then all of a sudden you do, not because you don't love God, but because you are naive to his word or you're ignorant to his word. It's never been more important for you to know and study God's word. Meditate on it. Earlier today, I had one of the students, um, one of our students in my office van who was um, asking me some biblical questions. And he prays for me every single week before I preach and And he came and he was asking me some questions. And one of the things he was asking me about was was meditation. He's like, well, what does it look like to meditate? And when you dig into the original word here for meditate in Joshua, it's really almost like a rhythmic repetition of memorization. So let's just do this real quick. Let's just together practice this, right? All right. Maybe the most famous verse in all of Scripture. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, here's what it looks like to meditate on God's word. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so For God. Okay, so the first main character in this is God. All of this was initiated by God. He kicked this off, not me. He was the initiate. Oh, you know what? That reminds me of that other verse over here that says, we love God because he first loved us. We're two words in, and God's already beginning to speak to us. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so, so loved? So you mean to tell me that God didn't just love the world, but he so loved the world. Now, that's crazy. You know why? Because I go on social media, and the world is not all that lovable nowadays. And yet he's so Love the world. That's just kind of really cool to me. That he gave. Wait, let's not even go any further. He gave. God gave. That means he's generous. That means he's a generous God. Oh, wait, what did he give? Let me go back to the verse. That he gave his only begotten son. Let me look this up in a different version. One and only. Oh, so he only had one son. Only one son. Isn't it crazy how much more valuable something is when it's the only one that you got? You know when you have a big old bag of chips and someone's like, Can I get a chip? You're like, yeah, for sure. When you got like two or three chips left and like, let me get a chip, you're like, Nope. (laughs) Not happening. (laughs) Like when you like there's certain candies you share, Skittles. Have some Skittles. Reese's cups? You got two, bro. You got two Reese's cups. And you're not, I don't know if you should. So then you're all of a sudden thinking about Reese's Cups when you're meditating on God's word because he only had one son and yet he still gave him. That whosoever, 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 whosoever. Let me go look that up in the original language. Oh, I'm looking it up in the original language in this Greek word that means whoever. Oh, wait. So it doesn't matter your race, your religion, your gender, your past, what mistakes you've made. It means whoever. Whoa. God, you are so graceful and so amazing, and God, you're all-inclusive. That's so weird, because as I'm meditating on this verse, it seems to go completely against what so many people think about you. So many people think you're you're, you're exclusive, God. So many people think that, like, you're this closed-minded, only certain people that are perfect and holy get to come. But now that I'm meditating on the most famous verse in all of your scriptures, you say, whosoever. You see, this is what it looks like to meditate on scripture. And this is why it's so important. See, you thought that you had to read like 87 chapters in four hours a day, and that's what it looks like to study God's word. No, meditating is this sort of rhythmic repetition of memorization. And you know what will happen? There will come a time in your life where someone comes to you and says, I'm going through this, or I'm going through that, or I feel like God could never love me. And you're like, oh, hold up. I was actually just, I, I was just kind of going through this verse, and it actually says whosoever. So God does love you, and you could like that feeling of God. Or, you know, I, I'm just feeling like I have no future. Like I'm feeling like I'm lost. I feel like I have nothing to look forward to. My life is just dismal. There's no light at the end of the, co- the, the tunnel. And, and you could be like, oh, I was actually just meditating on this verse, John, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, I, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. See, God has a plan for your future. And what will happen is as these, as these verses go into your heart, then God will begin to use them through your life, not just for you, but even those around you. And that's what meditating and studying God's word looks like. And I promise you this, it'll do you good. What's your daily routine? It's important. Do something every day that will lead you closer to God. But really quick, what's your uh, weekly routine? Because I'm going to say something very important that I hope every single one of you hear. Going to church once a week is not going to cut it. Anybody play sports in here? Who plays sports? Is anybody like right now you are playing a sport and on your high school team? You play a sport on your high school team. Okay, how many times a week do you practice? Every day, right? Dude, we did a teacher appreciation last week and we got there at like six o'clock in the morning. And you know who was already there? The football team. I was like, this is child labor laws, this is child abuse child abuse. I'm calling child protective services on you, high school. Like, no. It's like, it's like whoa, you're here so early. How good are you going to be at football if you practice football one hour a week? Like, you're going to suck. You're not going to make freshman team. No offense, freshman. How, how strong do you think your faith is going to be if you get in to church for an hour and that's the totality of your faith? It's not once a week ain't, ain't going to cut it. Twice a week? This is why we're so, we so push connect groups. If you are not a part of a Sunday morning connect group, get into a connect group. Be a part of one. In fact, here's what I would challenge you to do. Come to church, go to the 930 service, sit in service with our church family, and then at the 1130 service, jump into a connect group. I promise you, do what's your weekly routine look like? And what does your annual routine look like? You, you do things like camp, like convention, some things that are just that little extra boost of your faith because I promise you it is needed. Now, I know what you're thinking. Corey, I've, I've tried reading my Bible every day. It's tough. It's tough. Everything comes in rhythms in life. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Three words. Desire, discipline, delight. Desire, discipline, delight delight. Desire, discipline, delight. Where's all the basketball players at? Where you at basketball players? All right, you remember the first time you ever shot a basketball? You know, it's that feeling that you're like, well, I don't think I ever want, I don't think I ever want anybody to see me shoot a basketball. This is embarrassing, right? Is there any golfers in the room? Anybody play golf? Remember the first time you swung a golf club? The first time I ever, the reason I play golf now is because I don't do well at not being good at things. And I was horrible at golf. Like everybody, there's no such thing as a natural with golf. Golf there's a saying in golf. The saying is golf is hard. <laughs> Where's the baseball players at? Baseball players, where you at? I'm convinced that the hardest thing in all of professional sports is to hit a baseball in the major leagues. So crazy. Dude. I went to Mulligan's and I was trying to hit in the 45 mile an hour cage. Bro, I'm thinking these it comes at you double this speed? Heck no, baby. Not a chance. But you know what? When you first started getting into it, it was kind of miserable. But you had a desire to be good at baseball, to be good at basketball, to be good at golf, to get good at something. And then the next step, you were not happy about the next step. The next step was discipline. You disciplined yourself to go to the range and to work on your golf swing. You disciplined yourself to go to the batting cages and to work on your swing. You disciplined yourself to grab that basketball and shoot. Where's all the artists at? Anybody paint? You draw? You remember when the first draw like, show me your first drawing. It's not good. I don't care what your grandma said. (laughs) That macaroni art was trash, all right? (laughs) The only reason she loves it is because she loves you, all right? But then you discipline yourself. To put forth the effort to fine-tune your craft, and then all of a sudden, you can walk onto a basketball court at LA Fitness and go, I know that I'm going to have so much fun because there's this level of confidence in, in my abilities to play this sport. When you put pen to paper and you begin to create art, you have this greater level of enjoyment. Anybody play a musical instrument? You know, when I first started playing guitar, I wanted to chop off my left hand. Because it, like your fingers hurt so bad on the string, there's nothing like learning to play drums. The you know the 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 one instrument that uses every extremity, where you're like, okay, I can get the I I can get the hands. Where, but then like to add the foot is ah, like brain and like you're literally like my brain doesn't work. Like I, I I can I can move my foot, I can move my hands. Why can't I move my hands and my feet? And, but then you discipline yourself, and all of a sudden, you get behind a drum set, and it's a delight. Everything in life will come desire, discipline, delight. And so it is with studying the Word of God. You have this desire. I want to gain proximity with God. I have this desire. Your next step going to be discipline. It might be a little bit tough first for the first couple weeks digging into God's Word every day. But before you know it, it will become so much fun. It'll become so rad. You'll become so intrigued and interested. Some of the school of ministry students from this year, uh, we were talking to them and, and almost none of them have had read through the Bible cover to cover. And this year they did. And I was talking to Jackson, the guy who helps us run the, the um, school of ministry program. And he was like, you know what I'm really excited for right now in this season? Now I, I'm, not, I'm not forced into this, I have to read scripture like this every day. And I'm, I'm stoked to jump into a season where it's like, I get to dig into it in a different way, in a new way. Because there's your next thing. When you create a rhythm and you fall into it, make sure to switch it up every now and again because nobody likes a song that's just for six minutes straight. You got to switch up your rhythm and you've got to keep things fresh with your relationship with the Lord. As the band heads up and we begin to close down, number one, you got to create a rhythm and fall into it. But number two, You just need to make sure to do this. Fall in rhythm with the heartbeat of God. Our illustration where Laura was hitting the kick drum, that's really to illustrate that's God's heartbeat. Now, we can fall into any amount of creative rhythm in that that suits our relationship with God and who we are. All of it's got to line up with his heartbeat, which is his word, his character, who he is. But there's so much freedom in what that looks like. See, this isn't religion. Like Jesus said, don't just sit there and babble on these same prayers like everybody does. I want this to be genuine and authentic. I want it to be personal. But I want it to line up with my heartbeat. Because how many know there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God? Those are two different things. Pastor Zach preached about it last week, and he talked about how the Greek word is uh, genosko. That's this intimate knowing of God, knowing who he is. I love the way Matthew 6 7 says it. He says, When you pray, don't babble. Somebody say, Babble. You know when someone's just running their mouth and you do this thing? <sighs> don't do that when you're praying. Don't do that as the Gentiles do. They, they think that their prayers are answered by merely repeating their words again and again. See, this isn't about religion. It's about you interacting with and knowing God personally. It's about alignment with him and his heartbeat. This is why, this is why alignment is so much more important than assignment. Isn't it funny how, How when people get saved, when they come to God, the first things that they always do is they go, so now what do I have to do? But what are we called? We're called human beings. We're not called human doings. (laughs) And we're so concerned, well, God, what do you want me to do with my life? God, what are the rules you want me to keep? God, what are the things you want me to do? But before Jesus ever did anything, when he was baptized, the, 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 the clouds part, and God says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Declares him his son and says, I'm pleased with him. He hasn't even done anything yet. He hasn't even started ministry yet. Alignment is more important than assignment. When you just align yourself to the heartbeat of God, you'll see that so many other things begin to make sense. But senseless repetition and religion and just doing the same old things that everybody else does, that's not going to bring you this proximity with God. So God, like not to bounce back to last week, but why would I want proximity with God? I'm telling you, have you ever had like, have you ever, this is why I told you about the chicky chicky parm parm from, from Old Spaghetti Factory because it's so good. Have you ever had food and it's so good that you have to tell your friends about it? And when they tell you, I've never had that, you go, <gasps> You've never had that? What? That's how you guys were when I told you last week that I've never seen Top Gun. <laughs> I, see, I know. I <laughs> Don't throw the stones. I haven't had time. <laughs> Why is that? Because... You've experienced something that for you, this was amazing. This was so awesome. This was so cool. And I love you. So I want you to experience this too. This is how I feel about having an intimate relationship with God where you're close to him. I don't just know about God. I haven't read some stories about him. He's not distant. He's not far. He's right here with me. And I know him so incredibly personally. And having experienced this, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I, like, I You got to try this. And like, you honestly, here's the thing about it. You don't know what you're missing out on until you've had this. Scripture says, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Because once you do, and there's no going back, it's amazing. There's nothing like it. But all you need to do is you need to fall in rhythm with the heartbeat of God. Do Do you have the track running, Charles? Can I let you in on like a behind the scenes secret? This is where, like, in church, we're going to, like, open the curtain and let you see what happens behind the scenes. You know how pretty that sounds? How many people love our worship team, our worship leaders, people who put in the hard work to help lead us in worship? There's so many sacrifices they make, and I want to show you one of them right now. Team, would you just put what they hear in their ears in the house so everybody can hear it real quick? So they have what's called in-ear monitors, IEMS. That's what they hear while you're down front like this. (laughs) I got the goose pimples and God's here. And they hear that. It's called a metronome. Wait, wait. Listen to this lady. Outro. So what are they playing? They're playing the outro. And nonstop, all the way through the set, they'll all hear that anybody else appreciate Outro. the worship team a little bit more right now <laughs> see and this right here we have a we have an acoustic guitar player we have a bass Outro. player we've got a drummer we got an electric guitar player slash MD we got a keyboard player and all of them are playing something a little bit different right now they're all kind of in their lane doing their thing. Outro. But all of them are falling in line with this. The click and the guide. The click, the, the metronome. And then there's the guide that's going to tell them to play the outro in just a couple seconds. Outro. And this is something like what your relationship with God needs to look like. Maybe you're the acoustic guitar player. You're the morning person who wants to wake up at 5 a.m. and have your moments with God before the whole rest of the day starts. Outro. Great. Just fall in line. Just fall into the rhythm of God's heartbeat. Maybe you're the bass player. You're wild. You're free. You want to do your thing. You want to go off. You've got some spunk and some rhythm about you. Anytime you hit the dance floor, you're teaching everybody how to Dougie. Okay, but all you have to do is fall in line. You see where I'm going with this? It's not about religion. This is not about repetition. This isn't stale. This is God, I want to fall in line with your heartbeat. So here's what happens. When you first begin to play to a metronome, especially drummers, they're the kind of heartbeat of of the band. What begins to happen is outro. Is you struggle with it. You fall in and out of it. Ken, I didn't plan to do this, but is this still is this still on? Can this I need to hear outro. Outro. So when you first start playing, you'll like, oh, oh. Oh, I'm almost, uh. oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I feel it. Uh Well, what first starts happening is you get like kind of frustrated with it. You get kind of annoyed. Is this annoying to anybody else right now? Okay, good. It's supposed to be. Because when you first start playing to a metronome, you get annoyed with it. You get frustrated with it. I keep falling off of the the click. But then before long, what happens to most musicians, like all of the people on our team who are all incredibly talented, is you kind of stop hearing the click. You start feeling it a little bit more. You kind of feel the click. And then when you become a really good musician, what happens is what really good musicians who've been playing to a click for a long time, like Laura, Charles, a lot of our team, is you become what they call married to the click. It's like, you're not coming off this thing. You are locked in. All right, team, cut it out. Cut out the outside part because now it's going to get serious. How much better does that feel? They're still hearing it though, you guys. Life with God doesn't look like It doesn't look like beginning to do all these religious acts, repetition, a huge list of rules. It looks like falling into rhythm with God's heartbeat, beginning to walk in step with him. It looks like every day doing something to get closer to him. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, we want to be in rhythm with you. We want to be aligned with you. God, I pray if anybody in this room is not yet walking in step with you and rhythm with you, God, that they'd first and foremost have that desire right now in their heart. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you and you'd be like, I'm so far from God. I'm not in step with him, but I wanna be. I wanna align myself to the rhythm of his heartbeat. I want his plans and purposes for my life. I want forgiveness of my sin If that's you, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. This is your moment, this is your chance. Every head's bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. You wanna hand the pen of your life to God, let him write the next chapters. If that's you, when I get to three, just lift your hand. Here we go, one, two, three, go. All over this place, so cool. You can put your hands right back down. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray and fall into the rhythm of this prayer I'm gonna ask you to repeat it, not for mindless repetition, but because some people in this room that just raised their hand, that you've, you've never prayed. So we're gonna help you, I'm gonna give you the words. But don't just, don't just say these, wrap your heart around these words. Would you say this? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for receiving me, and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, it's the best decision you've ever made with your life. It's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning. And so we want to walk this journey with you with a tool we call The Next Seven Days. It's a free gift we want to give you. And so if uh, if you have Instagram, just go to our Instagram, bridge Y-T-H underscore, DM us the words, next seven, we'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, no worries, come find myself, my wife, Amber, any of our leaders say, I want next seven days. I prayed the prayer and we will help you start to create a rhythm to your faith and your relationship with God. One more time, can we welcome people into God's family? Amen. Hey, would you stand to your feet? Would you uh, head to the front? What we're going to do is what we end our service with every week. It's worship. And why do we do that? It's because it's us practicing proximity with God. And so here's my hope and here's my prayer as we worship. My prayer is that you would have moments with God right now. Moments right now where he'd begin to speak to you about the rhythm of your relationship. So while you worship, I want you to have three, three questions in your mind. Here they are. What, when, and where? What is your personal time with God gonna start looking like? Are you gonna turn on music? Are you gonna listen to some worship while you read your Bible? Are you gonna buy a devotional? Me and a few people have been doing a a devotional by this girl named um, Sarah Young, I think her name is, and she has a devotional called uh, Jesus is Calling. It's a great, great book. Maybe you'll do a devotional. What are you gonna do? When are you going to meet with God? Is it gonna be in the morning? Is it gonna be right after school? It's preferably not when you're dead tired. It's not just you throwing it at the end of the day, hoping that that works out. And then Where? Location is so important in so many ways, but the consistency of a place will help you begin to build rhythm. So what, when, and where? Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes? Would you put your hands right out in front of you? Let me pray for you before we worship. God, would you speak to every single one of us? What are you calling the rhythm of our relationship with you to look like? When should we meet with you? God, we're we're all such individuals who all of our lives look different. And we don't want some copy and paste type relationship with you. We want one that's real and genuine and authentic. One that brings us so close to you and lines us up with your heartbeat. So God, when should we meet with you? And then God, where? Maybe it'll be in our room. Maybe we have a special place in our backyard where we want to go and meet with you there while the weather's still good. Maybe we have a front room. Maybe there's just a place or a space that's in our mind right now. God, I pray that we would discipline ourselves to begin to step into those moments. Moments like this one, where we get in, maybe this is a public setting, but we get into a private moment with you, and in your presence, we begin to gain proximity with you as we do just something every day to get closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.